You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Let's look at these spiritual gifts that we're, we're talking about today. And we, and we talked about gifts uh, that God had given to the church, uh, the, you know, the, um, the apostles and evangelists, uh, prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. We talked about those, but this is what God wants to put into your life. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Don't remember, don't forget last week we talked about that just a little bit. And we said how, see, it's all one big plan. Okay? There's not a plan and a plan and a plan and a plan and a plan. And a plan for this day and a plan for that day and a plan for this year and a plan for this place in the earth and that place in the earth. There's, there's this one big huge plan that God's seeing it all and he's working it out. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So there's this big plan, but now he's going to also work through each of us differently. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he, the Spirit, wills. Okay? So, what we're going to do for most of the rest of this sermon, other than just really the recap, is we're going to walk through these real quickly and um, give you a little definition and a little uh, a, de- a little definition and a little example explanation example wise of of these gifts but listen I'm not going deep here because you know what happens when you define something you know when, the more you define something the more narrow you make it right and, and we like to do that with God because we want to define him down to a box that we can hold, you know? Okay, now I know who God is. I can accept this. But again, you know, and I, I, I say this a lot when I'm explaining the Trinity to people. I don't get the Trinity. And I don't understand three is one and one is three. I don't get that. I don't understand. That's okay. I can accept that because if God is God, then there has to be some things about him that are too wonderful and amazing for me to get and understand. So I don't want to define God down to some little narrow, this is what this gift means, and then you're not going to be able, maybe because you've been listening to me and you, you've, you've taken my opinion as truth, and you're going to miss the awesome thing that God wants to do in your life. So I, I want to leave all the options open that God wants to leave open. So every one of these definitions that I'm going to give you I've spent a lot of time trying to work the words down where I didn't define, but rather I tried to illuminate. Because I don't want to define it down, I want to illuminate it. I want to turn the lights on for you guys to see what God wants to do in your life. Because that's been my prayer as we've been leading up to, man, this is one of the moments we've been leading up to in this sermon series. And I want you to see this. Okay, so let's just begin at the top about the gift of the wisdom or the gift of the word of wisdom and here's your definition supernatural and and let me say this also the word supernatural you're going to see that a lot in these definitions okay because these gifts have nothing to do with your human ability okay so it doesn't have anything to do with how much you can do on your own 
because someone may be more spiritually gifted that isn't as gifted in human, in human uh, ways. Supernatural revelation or insight into the divine will and purpose often given to solve perplexing problems and situations. Okay, now I, I'm, I'm going to give you an example here, okay? But this example isn't the only way it works. I just want you to see this is how it kind of works, okay? And here's an example from Scripture. This is the book of Acts, chapter 9. Uh, that's, that's 10 verses that are listed there, 10 through 19. But I just took this little part that is out here, okay? Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. Now, do you know what Ananias replied? He said, now, wait a minute, God. This is the guy that's been going around and has been arresting people who call themselves Christians who are following you. He said, you know, I don't know if I can do that, but, but God assured him, and he went and he prayed. And Paul had been blinded by God to get his attention, and he prayed, and, and it's like scales fell from his eyes. He could see again, and then God put him on a new path. You see, all that stuff he had learned, not all of it, but most of what he had learned in the past, is stuff he had to turn back, turn away from because he had listened to a lot of opinion and traditions that had been built up. And so now he's walking, and, and, and God uses him to reveal to us about half of the New Testament because of this. If God had not, and see, I see this as an example of the spiritual gift of, of wisdom that God bestowed just on Ananias there for that moment. That, you know, that doesn't mean that Ananias had this spiritual gift that was operating all the time. It doesn't mean if, you, if God begins operating through you or gives you a, a word of wisdom that you're always going to speak wise things. No, that's not what it means. But for this moment, it happened. And if it hadn't happened, imagine this. Imagine Ananias accidentally finds himself over on Straight Street, and Judas says, hey, come in here. I got a blind guy in here. Can you pray for him? And, and, and Ananias walks in and sees that it's Saul, the one who's been, who's been arresting Christians. Can you imagine what, you know, imagine what Ananias would have done if God hadn't already given to him, here's, here's what you need to do. Here's the wisdom you need for this situation. I don't know about Ananias, but I know about most of us. If we'd have walked in and we'd have seen the guy who was arresting all the Christians, he was there blind, we'd have probably said, yeah, serves you right. You got your karma, didn't you? I mean, it, you know, if it had been today, we'd have been taking pictures, you know, and posting on Facebook, right, about the karma he got because, because of, you know, how he was treating people. But so, so God had to give Ananias specific wisdom to handle this so that his will could happen. There's, there's another story I'll, I'll throw at you real quick about, uh, like I see a, a gift of wisdom kind of coming to, to someone and his Pilate's wife. The night before Jesus Christ is crucified, or, uh, the night before, the night before, she comes to Pilate, she says, tonight I've had a horrible dream about this man and you need to do everything you can to distance yourself from him. So she speaks this to Pilate, but you know what Pilate does? Now he washes his hands and says, well, I don't have anything to do with him. But that wasn't... That wasn't all we were supposed to do. He didn't turn Jesus, didn't turn him loose. And so, you know, sometimes when God speaks and gives wisdom through the Spirit, everybody doesn't listen. Everybody doesn't hear. Everybody doesn't accept. That happened in this, and it happens in a lot of situations. For Ananias, thankfully, he did. And you and I, we have been blessed by all of these revelations of the Spirit that God has given through uh, in the New Testament that he's given through Paul because of this. 
Now, the second one, I spent more time there than I meant to, so I'm going to have to hurry if I'm going to get these done. The second one is, is the gift of knowledge or the gift of the word of knowledge. Supernatural revelation or insight to know things that could not be known naturally. Okay, this is in Acts chapter 5, and uh, this is a different Ananias, all right? Totally different Ananias. But in Acts chapter 5, verse 1, there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He, he brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. So Ananias, he's lying. You know, he brings the money in and says, you know, here, here's, I'm going to give everything that I made out of this property, out of this property sale. And the Holy Spirit brings this word of, of knowledge, this moment of knowledge. Into, there's no way Simon Peter knew this, except the Holy Spirit brought this to his attention so that he would know. And, and it, it was... A, I can think of many, many purposes as a pastor and, and people lying to the church. I think I could see a lot of reasons why the Holy Spirit would do this. But I, I'm not really sure of this particular reason why he did it here. But this is why the Holy Spirit will do this. To let us know things that we don't know out of just our human abilities. And that and he let that. And so, so there's our example. Now, now let, me, let me share something here before we move on also. Because that, does, that also doesn't mean that everyone who speaks to you and tells you they have a word from God for you, that you need to just jump on every word they say and hang on to it and change your whole life based on it. The word of God in the Old Testament says, let everything be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. But it doesn't just say that in the Old Testament. The Apostle Paul, the guy we talked a little bit about, and you're going to hear him a little bit more in this sermon, he also quotes that. So he, in the New Testament, he also says and reminds us of that. But he's not the only one. Jesus himself says that. He says, like the Scripture's written, and here's how Jesus said it. Jesus said, look, I've already told you this, but I'm going to tell you again because Scripture says, let everything be confirmed with two or three. He says, so I'm going to tell you again. So even Jesus said, I'm going to tell you again. And so most of the time, when you hear somebody saying something to you in, in a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, it's going to connect to something else going on. Either in your spirit you're going to know, yes, that was God. Or somebody else or, or God himself has been trying to tell you in some way there's going to be confirmation of that, okay? Because God doesn't want us to be confused. Okay, so the third one then is faith. There's a, a gift of faith. And it is to be firmly persuaded of God's power or promises to the point that no circumstances or obstacles can shake that conviction. Here's, here's a great story. One of my favorite stories in, uh, in the life of the Apostle Paul is he's on a ship. He's on his way to Rome. He's been arrested, and he's going to Rome. To, and in the middle of the night, uh, an angel tells him, you're going to preach to Caesar. You're going to stand before Caesar and preach. And so don't be worried about anything else. So he uh, wakes everybody up on the ship because they've been, they've been in, a, in a storm in, on the, on the uh, Mediterranean Sea for, for weeks. And so he wakes everybody up. He says, okay, take courage, guys, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. That's the good news. The bad news is, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Now, now think about this. His faith is there. God says this. God says we're going to be shipwrecked, but... He says, we're all going to make it to the island, guys. 
And I, you know, how, how much faith could you have to stand there and believe? I, I believe, you know, the gift of faith was operating there for, for the Apostle Paul. And, and, and the story goes on because they do get shipwrecked. They get to this island, and, and all the locals, they, they start taking care of them. They build a fire to warm them. The Apostle Paul, he reaches over and he grabs some sticks to throw some more sticks on the fire. When he does, anybody know what happens? He gets a snake, a poisonous snake just latches onto his hand, the Word of God says. And you know what Paul does? Right here, uh, next one. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. All right, so (laughs) if I told you some of the problems you're going to have just this week, some of you would lose faith. You know, Paul hears you're going to be shipwrecked, but it's going to be all right because you've got to stand before before Caesar. And so he, he gets through that. And then a snake bites him, and everybody sitting around said, oh, here's a prisoner that was about to get loose, but God, or the gods, as they said, is not going to let him get loose. And, and, and so that's what they believed. But Paul says, you can't harm me. i got to stand before Caesar. I already have a promise. And in faith, he just shook it off into the fire. Man, that's a sermon, ain't it? Isn't that a sermon? Come on, some of y'all need to just take that home with you. Just shake it off into the fire, whatever's going on. But that was the faith that God had put inside. Now, now, now let me tell you this. Faith, and thank, thank uh, Kurt for a few weeks ago, he brought us this uh, challenge devotion right before our, our early morning prayer on Sunday morning, that, that God didn't call us to blind faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 defines faith. And, and I, think, I think we all connect with the part that says uh, hope for and you know, the things we don't see yet. We think about that, right? It's like, that's what faith is. It's, it's like, you know, the things I'm hoping for and I don't yet see. There's a couple other words in that verse. Very, very strong. Now, faith is the, anybody? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence. Too strong. That's what faith is. Faith is not blind. It is substance. It is evidence. And so the Spirit, the Spirit gives us this gift of faith at times when nothing else is going to be able to help us hold on except that we have substance and evidence. That's what God gives us in those times. Okay, so let's go on. Now we're at healings, I believe, right? Yeah, healings. So this gift of healing is, is healing of all manner of sicknesses by supernatural power without human and or medicine. We're not talking about if you pray and then you go take your aspirin and your headache goes away. You know, we're talking about really you get a healing. Now, and let me give you some examples, okay? I'm, I'm going to give you, if you'll go to the, to the sermon notes on the Connect page, you will see, I, I don't know, six, seven, or eight other stories that are listed right there. But in this, this story right here, let me set this one up a little bit. Peter and John are going up to pray, and on their way to pray, they pass this lame man. And uh, he's just there, you know, trying to collect whatever little bit of money people will give so he can live. And as, as Peter gets close to him, he says, look, look on us. And so this man, he looks on them because he thinks, okay, they're about to give me some money. So he looks up, and Simon Peter said, and I, and, uh, I, I really learned this in the King James, and I, I've never tried to learn anything else. I just like, I don't know why, but I like the wording in the King James, where Simon Peter looks back at him and he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk 
And then it says, Peter took the layman by the hand, the right hand, and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Instantly, not getting a little bit better. Instantly healed and strengthened. So much so that he jumped up, he stood on his feet, he began to walk. That moment, then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with him. That's a healing. That's not a getting better. That's not somebody fixing. That's a healing. And so when we're talking about the, uh, the spiritual gift of healing, we're talking about that kind of, a, of an episode. So let me, let me give you, if I can, just a few more examples, okay? We'll do this one really, really quick, okay? If there's anybody in this room that you know beyond any doubt, no doubt whatsoever in your mind, you know that there has been a time in your life where God instantly healed you of something i want you to raise your hand just raise your hand you know you know look around i want you to see the hands that are going up of people that say they know i want you to see the examples because it happens it's there and so listen if you need a healing or or or, or if you're sick in body and, and and you even feel like you've gotten a promise of a healing but you haven't got the healing yet i dare you you know i like that word uh that was mentioned last week i believe by somebody else i, I dare you I dare you to go, to go to the Connect page, find those other scriptures. Actually, what I've got, if you click on it, it'll link you to a, a, a page online that you can read all these stories, boom, 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 boom. I dare you to read every one of these this week and pray over that and say, wait a minute, God, I need this healing. I dare you to do that. Because remember what we're talking about here? What God's will is and his purpose? Now it's up to us. God's not holding it back. If, if, if you need something, he wants to give it to you. So I, so I dare you, go after it this week. And, I, and I've given you that because that's, that's just one of them that I feel like a lot of you need today is you need to be able to read and study that. So go to the Connect page, find that, and, and every day pray and read over those scriptures and see those examples of the Spirit of God bringing healing. The next one is miracles. And uh, miracles are like, you know, healings are miracles, but for some reason those were out separate, Right. But a miracle is a supernatural power to intervene in the ordinary course of nature. And that doesn't mean you have the power, but it means the, the Spirit has the power and will work through you at times. Now, here's, here's a crazy one. Uh, this is uh, from Acts uh, chapter 13. Um, set this one up also. Paul and Barnabas are on the island. They, you know, they're evangelizing. They're going everywhere. They're on the island of Cyprus. Sounds like good work if you can get it, right? Uh, you know, being an evangelist on the island of Cyprus. But you need to read the rest of the story and realize it's not like it sounds, as good as it sounds. And uh, so they're preaching, and the governor of the area, he wants to hear their preaching, so he invites them. But he's got this guy that has connected himself to him, this guy that's gotten real close to the governor because, you know, it's good to be connected, you know, to people who are, have connections, right? So he's done that. But this guy, he's a sorcerer. And so, you know, he's got people following him, believing in him and all of his craziness and all that kind of stuff. And so when he hears the governor ask for Saul, uh, Paul and Barnabas to come and preach, he begins telling the governor, oh, you don't want to talk to them. You, you don't want to hear what they've got to say. He was afraid Paul and Barnabas were going to convert him and then he wouldn't need the sorcerer anymore. And so he was telling him that. And so here's what, here's what happened. And so there was a, probably a moment also of discerning the spirits here as well. But here's what happened is then Paul turned toward this sorcerer 
who is going to keep the governor from hearing the words of life. And he said, watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. And when the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer in Jesus Christ, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. That's a miracle. That's not something I can do. That's not something you can do. That's a miracle. And you say, is that, you know, is that the kind of thing? Let me give you, let me give you maybe a little more up-to-date example. That is an example from Scripture. Let me give you one a little bit more up-to-date. This one was in the last 7,500 years. So that may sound old to some of you folks, right? But it's a little more up-to-date than 2,000 years ago, right? I don't know if you ever heard of Brother Andrew. He, is a, he was a Dutch missionary evangelist preacher and so I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. But most people just called him Brother Andrew. His nickname, though, was God's Smuggler. He went into the Eastern Bloc nations uh, back during the height of the Cold War. He went into uh, lots of places in Asia, China, and uh, places in Asia. And he would smuggle Bibles in. In his blue Volkswagen Beetle, he would load it down with Bibles and he would smuggle in. You know, and he'd have to go through checkpoints. And... The way I understand the story is the very first one he started to go through in Romania, when he started to go through, he was watching them stop all the other cars. And the one right in front of him, he said, they literally took the thing apart. And he's like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And so instead of continuing as he did, he had hidden the Bibles, instead of keeping the Bibles hidden, relying on his own ability, he took some Bibles out and laid them out in plain sight. And they stopped him, looked at his papers, and waved him straight on through. And he began doing that over and over and over, not relying on his own ability to hide, but in this prayer that he prayed. Lord, in these suitcases, I have Bibles that I'm trying to take to your children. When you were on this earth, you made seeing eyes blind. Now I pray that you make blind, you make, I'm sorry, you made blind eyes see. Now I'm praying that you make seeing eyes blind. Don't let these guards see anything you don't want them to see. And he went through checkpoint after checkpoint after checkpoint without incident. And, it, and he's still alive today. He's 90-something years old, and he's still alive today. He said, that's, that's a miracle. And miracles still happen. And listen, I, I, have fought, I have fought because of time. I have fought adding more and more stories. I'm just trying to give you a few for you to see all that God is wanting to do. What's the next one? Is the next one a prophecy? Yes, prophecy, which means to speak forth the divinely inspired message of God with boldness. The divinely inspired message. That means it's not something that you just figured up on your own or that you just gathered together by yourself. And I've heard, I've heard and I've used this a lot of times, that basically preaching is, they equal but as far as the words, preaching and prophecy. But the gift of prophecy is different from just getting up and preaching. Okay? Because anyone can get up and talk a little while. Acts chapter 11. Um, and, and, and listen, there, there are several times. There's a, uh, Philip the evangelist. He had four daughters that were um, unmarried. And uh, they, were all, they all had the gift of prophecy. There was a time where, where uh, the Holy Spirit spoke uh, with the disciples of the early church. And said, separate Paul and Barnabas and take them out to send them out into the mission field. And now here, this is a, another prophet named Agabus. Uh, 
this is a beginning of verse 27. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch, one of them named Ab Agabus. And actually, there was another time, there, there are two prophecies that Agabus, that Agabus spoke that were recorded. And one of those was uh, later on, like later in the life of, of Paul, he took Paul's belt from him and he wrapped it around his own hands and feet. And he said, thus shall uh, Paul be tied up by the Jews in Jerusalem and handed over to the Gentiles or the Romans. So he, he prophesied that, and that's exactly what happened. Here, he stood up in the midst of the meetings, and he predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. And this was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. I like that that's in there, so that you know it actually happened, and it wasn't just somebody saying something. But, you know, what would, have, what would happen if someone stood up right now and said, there is a great famine, says the word of the Lord, coming upon the entire United States? And, and what, what if that was said? You know, I mean, we'd all go home so broken and down and depressed, right? But you know what they did? It says, so the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. You see, now this is the purpose of prophecy. And this is, I think this is one of the ways you can tell if this is really a prophecy or not. It's because prophecy isn't given to us for fear. God doesn't give, us, give the church words of prophecy for fear. He doesn't give them to excite us or to entertain us. And I think a lot of people are in, you know, most of us, we say prophecy, we're thinking of the, you know, the, the end of times kind of stuff, right? But he doesn't give us those, and I, and I see a lot of people, it's almost like they, they want to get in that end times prophecy stuff because, you know, it's kind of entertaining. This is good. I like this. He doesn't give us, prophecy is given to us so we know what to do and how to act, and they did. I'll give you another example. This was from, uh, this was from uh, 2001, so it's a little closer than uh, 75 years ago, right? In 2001, um, there, was a, there was a pastor that we talked to, and this was a, a couple of years later. And he said his, uh, they received a word of prophecy in one of their services of prayer meetings, I don't remember which, to, to gather water. And so they, they started gathering bottles of water. They didn't know what for. They just started putting them in, you know, in the storerooms everywhere they could find, kind of like we do with stuff around here. Any, any empty place, you know, we got something stuck somewhere. And they just gathered bottles of water and bottles of water. Y'all remember what happened in 2001? In September, September 11th of 2001, when the trade, World Trade Towers came down and people were running and, and the dust was filling, filling, uh, filling the streets and people were gagging and, and choking over that, and they were running right by his church, and his people knew exactly what to do. They ran back inside and they started grabbing those bottles of water and coming right out on the street. That's, that's a word of prophecy where God tells us what we can do and can, and can accomplish. Uh, and, uh, let me say this one to you. I, I believe, uh, no, let me go on. I, I just need to hurry. Okay, so the, the next one is discerning of spirits. Let me, let me say this. This is not having good intuition, all right? This is not being a good judge of character because you can be a good judge of character and miss it. You can have good intuition and miss it, but the spiritual gift of discernment of spirits will not miss it ever it is supernatural revelation not what you can figure out or insight to clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether a behavior or a teaching is from God Satan human error or human power okay so let me set this this story up also this is Saul uh, Paul and Silas and they're in uh, Philippi and uh, 
they're out preaching, and there's this, there's this girl, woman, young woman or girl, and, and she is, uh, she's like the local fortune teller. And so she's out in the street. She sees Paul and Silas, and she's kind of following them along. And uh, everybody knows she's the fortune teller. Well, she's following along. She said, these are servants of the Most High God. They're bringing you the words of salvation. Now, this went on and on. You know, now, here's, here's what was going on with Paul is Paul realized, you know, here's a problem right here. Because now we've got this fortune teller that's connecting herself to our ministry, and people are going to say all that stuff that she's been doing and telling people's fortunes, they're going to think we're just part of that. So this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, he didn't say to her, he didn't strike her dead, he didn't call God's judgment down upon her. The discernment of the spirit that she was filled with an evil spirit, he turned to the demon within her and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly, the demon left her. That's discernment of spirits. You know, how does that happen? Let me tell you how that happens also sometimes. This is something I believe that I've seen in my life more often than I wish I had. That I've had times where I was ready to pray for something. I was ready to pray for somebody. And I know sometimes it was because that person was in rebellion and I didn't know it, but I, I, I would just kind of understand that from God. And I was ready to pray for something, and it was like, and the Holy Spirit would just say, don't pray that. Pray for them, but don't pray that I heal them because they're in rebellion and I can't heal them right now. I can't bring this to them. Don't pray that. And I didn't always hear why, but there were times that God would tell me, don't pray that because you're going to be praying something I can't do. And I've heard God say that to me. And so, and, and, and God wants to speak to you in the same way and give you insight in those same ways. Let me, let me run through these last two. And I'll tell you why I'm going to run through these last two in just a moment, right? Tongues, to speak in a language not learned in order for unbelievers. Let me slow down. To speak in a language not learned in order for unbelievers to, one, for unbelievers to hear God's message in their own language. We'll take the second one in just a moment. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. This is not the whole story, just part of it. You go and read the whole thing. It starts at, at verse 1, but we're not starting at verse 1. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. Because they said, how can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And this was happening, and it was a, it was a thing that, that um, you know, they were able to speak the word of God, the gospel, the salvation message in a language of all these people. And you can read there into verse 12 and 13, and it just lists, and verse 14, three verses that it lists all the places all these people were from. And we're hearing all this in our own language. And I know stories, and I, want to I wanted to tell you a couple of here, but I'm, I'm out of time. Uh, but, I, I mean, I know stories of this happening. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one real quick. Okay, a, uh, an evangelist who shared with me that, that he, was, he had a, a young man come into his service, very first service he'd ever been in, and he said one of the ladies in church went, went over, in the middle of the service, went over and stood right in front of him and started speaking in tongues. And, you know, what the pastor thought, now, those of you who are pastors or have been pastors or on staff, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, they're never coming back. <laughs> you know, she's over there acting weird, and he's never coming back. And the guy started crying. Oh, that made it worse. 
you know. And then afterward, the guy came to him, and uh, he was, he was uh, a, a Japanese heritage, and he said, I have ended up here without my family. I cannot find my wife and my daughters. But this lady came over and spoke in fluent Japanese and told me exactly where to find my wife and daughters. You know, that, that's what this is. And somebody said, that's weird. You know, when, when we get normal, then everything God does is weird. You know, and just remember, God can do whatever God wants to do. But the second part of that is for the body of Christ to be edified. Uh, give me that next one. I believe it's in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't always know what God wants us to pray for, right? But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. At times you don't know what to pray for, and the Holy Spirit says, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I mean, in a few moments, I'm going to offer you the opportunity to let a prayer team member pray for, pray for you. The Holy Spirit says, I want to pray for you too. He wants to pray through you in words that you don't know and you don't understand. Uh, you know, and people talk about prayer language, and that's kind of what this is, but almost in groanings. I don't know if you've ever been there, but be there in such turmoil and torment and such pain and agony and just, God, i got to have something, but I don't know what it is that is going to break this. And the Holy Spirit pray. And the Holy Spirit speak and, and share what God already wants to do for you. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.